Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, Book 1, Chapter 13, Fifth Meditation of Death, Part 1, Preparation. First, place yourself in the presence of God. Next, ask his grace. Then suppose yourself to be on your deathbed, in the last extremity, without the smallest hope of recovery. Part 2, Considerations. First, consider the uncertainty as to the day of your death. One day your soul will quit this body. Will it be in winter or summer, in town or country, by day or by night? Will it suddenly take place or with warning? Will it be owing to sickness or an accident? Will you have time to make your last confession or not? Will your confessor or spiritual father be at hand or will he not? Alas, of all these things, we know absolutely nothing. All that we do know is that die we shall, and for the most part, sooner than we expect. Second, consider that then the world is at end as far as you are concerned. There will be no more of it for you. It will be altogether overthrown for you, since all pleasures, vanities, worldly joys, empty delights, will be as a mere fantastic vision to you. Woe is me, for what mere trifles and unrealities I have ventured to offend my God. Then you will see that what we preferred to him was not. But on the other hand, all devotion and good works will then seem so precious and so sweet. Why did I not tread that pleasant path? Then what you thought to be little sins will look like huge mountains and your devotion will seem but a very little thing. Consider the universal farewell which your soul will take of this world. It will say farewell to riches, pleasures, and idle companions, to amusements and pastimes, to friends and neighbors, to husband, wife, and child, in short, to all creation. And lastly, it will say farewell to its own body, which it will leave pale and cold to become repulsive in decay. Fourth, consider how the survivors will hasten to put that body away and hide it beneath the earth. And then the world will scarce give you another thought or remember you any more than you have done to those already gone. God rest his soul, men will say. And that is all. O oh, death, how pitiless, how hard thou art. Fifth, consider that when it quits the body, the soul must go at once to the right hand or the left. To which will your soul go? Which side will it take? None other, be sure, than that to which it had voluntarily drawn while yet in this world. Part three, affections and resolutions. Pray to God and throw yourself into his arms. O Lord, be thou my stay in that day of anguish. May that hour be blessed and favorable to me if all the rest of my life be full of sadness and trial. Second, 
despise the world. For as much as I know not the hour in which I must quit the world, I will not grow fond of it. O dear friends, beloved ones of my heart, be content that I cleave to you only with a holy friendship, which may last forever. Why should I cling to you with a tie which must needs be broken? I will prepare for the hour of death and take every precaution for its peaceful arrival. I will thoroughly examine into the state of my conscience and put it in order and put in order whatever is wanting. Conclusion. Thank God for inspiring you with these resolutions. Offer them to his divine majesty. Entreat him anew to grant you a happy death by the merits of his dear son's death. Ask the prayers of the Blessed Virgin and the saints. Say the Our Father and Hail Mary. Then gather a bouquet of myrrh. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Mary, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Preparation, considerations, affections and resolutions, conclusion. St. Francis de Sales has a very simple method of meditating. In this chapter, he adds a slight different suggestion to the preparation. He has told us before, place yourself in the presence of God. Generally, that can be done one of four ways, thinking of Christ as God present everywhere, thinking of him in his humanity, looking down from us from heaven, imagining that he's right here with us in the room right next to us, or thinking about him present in your heart. But we place ourselves in his presence. We make real to ourselves what's already the case. And then we beg his grace. We ask his grace to pray well. But then notice what he adds here. He adds an imaginative exercise. He really wants you to imagine, to suppose that you're on your deathbed. You're at the point of dying. There's no hope of recovery. And by supposing that, putting yourself in that situation as part of the preparation, it's meant to encourage certain considerations. You know, this is the kind of thing that actors do. They try to, to really put themselves in the situation that their character is in to try to stimulate certain feelings. This is what athletes do. They have to create in their imagination five seconds left on the clock and they catch the ball and they have five seconds to hit the game-winning shot, for example. Or they're at the plate. It's the ninth inning. Full count. Bases loaded. What do they do? In other words, they have to make real through their imagination, so that they can respond in the right way. Okay, that kind of human truth is what Francis de Sales is completely aware of. And it's not as though the prayer itself is in the imagination. No, the prayer is in the will, in your heart, loving God. It's in the mind's thinking, considering, so as to move the heart. But in order to keep 
our imaginations from going way out of bounds, to try to keep ourselves from distractions, this composition of place, this use of the imagination can help make us less distracted, can kind of focus the mind and the heart. So that's why he suggested here, but we'll see later that that kind of imaginative preparation can be used more broadly, especially like in the life of Jesus. Okay, now that we've got ourselves in this imaginative state, we've put ourselves on our deathbed. He gives us various considerations. And his idea is really to remind us of how uncertain it all is. The first consideration all has to do with time, the kind of circumstances surrounding your death. That we and that we don't really know all these things. We just know it will happen. Okay. The second consideration has to do with our sins, and that they will probably seem much bigger on that day than they do now. Things that seem so full of promise, so pleasurable. Will they seem pleasurable then? Probably not. And then he really gets down to a very sensitive subject, the third consideration. He says that you're going to have to say goodbye to everyone. It's not just your pleasures. It's not just friends. It's even your family. It's all creation. And not just that. Your soul has to say goodbye to the body. And then the body, which is part of us, will decay. And then what does he tell us to consider? It gets even more touchy. He says, consider what people will do then. And he says, they'll do what you do to other people who have died. Basically, you remember them a little bit. You bury them. You pray for them. But you don't think much about them. And people won't think much of you. They, they'll go on with their life. So what do we have to really consider? That's why it is in the fifth one. It can't really matter what other people think of us. It can't really matter how much we've possessed. It can't really matter all the things we've done, how pleasant they've been. It can't really matter how much we know, because all that's gonna be taken away from us. What will matter is whether we go to the right or to the left. The right is the hand of Jesus, end of Gospel of Matthew, in which he separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep will go to his right and the goats to the left. The sheep are those who loved Christ, who visited him when he was lonely, who cared for him when he was sick, who visited him in prison, who gave him food when he was hungry, who gave him drink when he was thirsty, who clothed when he was naked. Those who do those things to the least of Christ's brethren, they did it to him. And those who don't will go to the left like the goats. And when does that happen? It happens after we die, in our particular judgment. There will be the separation. And where will we go? Well, we'll go in the direction that our souls have already been going. So these are all the considerations he wants us to have in order to move our heart. We move our heart to pray. And this is a profound point. Only want, throw yourself into the arms of God, he says. If this is scary, throw yourself into his arms. Don't try to do anything. Throw yourself into his arms and try to despise the world in your heart. That is, try to see the world for what it is apart from him. Is the world useful as a stepping stone towards God? Is the world willed by God? Yes. But 
insofar as the world tries to make us forget these five truths, we cannot give it much concern. The world will quit us, and we have to be willing to quit the world. Cannot be so fond of this life, he's telling us. And how do you feel that? Well, by making these considerations, by giving your heart time to feel these things, to experience these affections. And then what's the resolution? The resolution, in a way, is to be careful about our friendships. How do we love things? We love people with an everlasting love that will last forever? Or do we cling to people for some lesser love that won't last forever? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.